Hello and you are welcome to episode 38 of Dan and Dara Doability. I'm Dara McNicholas. And I'm Dan Airy. Dan, how are you today? I'm doing okay, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. A lot to get uh, through today. We're going to have a look at uh, Paddy McGuinness, um, who got into a bit of a spat over disabled parking space. Yeah. Um, we're going to have a look at Luca uh, Pizzello. Um, yeah, who we know, uh, we've had him on the podcast before. From yeah, this is early days. The Brain Rollers Youth yeah. Cafe. So he's been doing some great work. So yeah, he challenges teachers to sit in his chair for one day, which uh, is going to be interesting. But we're going to kick off today, Dan, with, um, I know one that you just kind of find a little bit uh, intense. Yes. I'm incredibly curious about this one. Um, people are becoming disabled by choice and labeling themselves transabled. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, this is an interesting one. It, it was, I'm going to be brutally honest with you. When I first read this, um, it was shared by a friend of mine on Facebook who um, are disabled. And when I first read it, I actually cried because it was just like, I wouldn't wish this on my worst on my mm. worst enemy. So I suppose I'll, I'll just give you the, the, the sort of headline in this one, right? Mm. Um, similar to trans, transgender people, the transabled feel one or more limbs or functions of one's body does not belong to itself. Okay, so it, it's been given its own um, disorder. Yeah. Uh, so it's BIID, and that's body integrity identity disorder. So yeah. these are able-bodied people. Who suddenly decide I well I would say suddenly decide okay that's been that's been probably been a bit harsh but there are able-bodied people who feel they should be disabled mm. and want to live or want to choose to live their life as a disabled person whether that's losing a limb or not being able to walk or losing or their eyesight eyesight yeah being blind yeah uh, it's bonkers then it really is I mean I to be honest I mean we we've we've spoken about disorders in the past in that like I even did my third year thesis on, on dissociative identity disorder and I'm not belittling any disorder in any way but this is just I mean I can't even describe it because it's so difficult to to wrap my head around it. Mm. It's like I said earlier on I I wouldn't wish this on my, on my worst enemy do you know like I try and live my life as positively as I can but I'm not going to lie to you it's tough as hell sometimes yeah and then you read this and you go and you go you, you're choosing this yeah you want to be this way I I yeah, see, I'm I'm of an age you now, Dan, as well, where uh, I'd be kind of going, right, that person needs a right good kick in the hole. Yeah. You know, uh, and I'm, I'm sorry, you know, I appreciate we're all getting a lot more sensitive now and, you know, we're from a lot more understanding and stuff like that, but I'm still of that kind of, come here and I'll give you a clip around the ear. Get yourself fucking sorted out. Yeah. And cop on. And it's one of those things that, when I read that it was a disorder and the people were going to psychologist about this I was like great because they need help yeah okay so and they're seeking help from professionals great yeah. deadly so that's yeah. a positive right yeah. 
But then, and and there's videos associated with this that are, are linked to the article that we'll, we'll share afterwards. But then, it's these psychologists that are actually aiding mm. these people to um, become, as they call it, transabled. I mean, yeah. it's just... I mean, there's, uh, there's a few tweets that accompany it as well that are just like, it's saying that it's completely... Um, disrespecting uh, the disabled community and the um, trans community as well. I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, I've had... What is it now? A week to kind of process this? Yeah, come to terms with it. I come, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the exact right way to put it, actually. And even with that, it's still baffles me. Yep. Do you know, there's mm. no... There's no... Well, here's one, right? Jewel Shopping, right? A 30-year-old resident of North Carolina. That's in America. Big surprise there, Dan, huh? America, where all yeah. the strange people live and hide out. Um, has BIID um, and identifies herself as a transabled person. Otherwise healthy, um, Shopping decided to get rid of her eyesight as her wish to become a blind person took over her mind. That's, yeah, you kind of think, yeah, okay, that's grand. Uh, but she succeeded, I believe. Yes. In losing her eyesight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Where did she do that, Dan? Who helped her? Psychologist. A bloody psychologist. That's where, that's exactly where my problem is. Mm. You know, it, it's not that this isn't a disorder. And as I said earlier on, it's like I'm not belittling any any disorder of any form. It's the fact that these people are complicit and they're not looking into other forms of treatment or help or anything like that. Mm. Do you know? And as I said, it's just a slap in the face to anybody who is in the disabled community because I would if you gave me a handshake right now and you said I can give you the ability to walk unaided as you are right now I'd chop your hand off yeah, well uh, that's not a second two, <laughs> two wrongs don't make a right there yeah, and yeah. I'm not being disabled as well <laughs> <laughs> no, ah no. Dan come on seriously <laughs> It's just a bit harsh. Yeah, sorry. No, that's fine. You, you get what yeah, I mean. I understand what you're saying, but, you know, maybe just like, you know, I'll, I'll give your hand back. I probably won't take it quite as roughly as that. But, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but you get what I mean. That yeah. I, I, would, I would jump on it straight away. Um, and here's people that have that and they yeah. want it taken away. I mean, it's just... And, and there's other... There's other cases of it as well. There's, yeah. there's an Australian... They're also calling it amputee identity disorder. Yeah. Where nutbags suddenly decide they don't want some part of their body, whether it's their legs or something like that, or their arms, and want to have them amputated successfully or to do damage to themselves in order to disable a leg or an arm. Or yeah, now, this is bringing back my comment that I'd chop your hand off. That's uh, yeah. a little bit on the nose. Now that I realise it, uh, yep. <laughs> with that, 
But yeah, um, no, I mean, like the as I said earlier on, the there's videos associated with it, and she talks about like when she's driving. She would conjure up accident scenarios in her head, where she would become paraplegic. Yeah. Um and she said that she loves skiing but she would go skiing as fast as she possibly can in the hope of getting injured. And again becoming permanent. But it's nuts Dan. It is absolutely completely one hundred percent bonkers. Um now we will put we will put this article up um and there's a cracking load of tweets here as well. Um there's one. She's a fucking oxymoron. I am disgusted by this. I'm disabled physically from birth. I would sell my soul to the devil himself to not be in pain the way that I am every day. You know, here's somebody who's choosing to be. Now, I know we did we did discuss whether we should even talk about this and whether we should give it some air at all. Yeah. Um, but I think I, I kind of made the point as well, you know, if you just talk about gay people, you're not going to catch gay. Yeah. You know, so it's fine. We can talk about it. I mean, we can highlight that there's these... Individuals out there, I'll just call them individuals. Um, yeah. You know, they're obviously troubled souls and stuff like that, but, you know, you have to wonder, is there an industry popping up around these people, um, you know, to help them and aid them in, in, in their sort of, I don't know, is somebody seeing uh, a gap in the market and kind of going, eh, we can make a few bob out of this. You know, that's another part of it as well. You know, that they're going to give them the air that they need. But we would encourage everybody to read the article. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine it, Dan. I simply can't imagine waking up some morning. I mean, okay, grand, these people are obviously f- fucking troubled souls or whatever and stuff like that, and waking up in the morning and feel they want to be blind and stuff. But, Joey, it's just, it's off the fucking wall. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. And and that's the thing is that I don't think the, I don't think these people will ever understand how difficult it actually is. Yeah. Um, and I've spoken about it before, you know, when when I was younger, like, down in Wexford, watching football tournaments and stuff, and everybody's running around, and you're sitting there watching, and you're yeah. kind of going, you know, like... Yeah, never never to have experienced it as well, and, and suddenly choose to make yourself disabled. You're not going to experience never having had movement. If you know what I mean, in, in in the other way around, sort of sense of things, making yourself disabled, you're not necessarily, yeah, I just, it, yeah. Dan, we're going to move on to something a little bit more, well, a lot more positive, actually. Uh, we are going to have a little chat about uh, Luca Pizzillo, um, yeah, the 15 year old Luca, actually, funny enough. Now, we did meet him, uh, God, way back in the when, I suppose it would have been episode somewhere between two and five, I think. Yes, um, out in the Bray Rollers, out in the Bray Rollers, absolutely, yeah. even struck us then as a. An an intelligent, <clears throat> articulated young man. Yeah, incredibly so. Yeah, and uh, I'm not surprised that he is. Um, he's 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 come up with this campaign. Yeah, he's um, making a difference here. Absolutely, and he actually he mentioned this was a few weeks ago, and we were all like, "Yes, absolutely." Um, so this is him putting the challenge up to his uh, teachers in school 
in um Presentation College in Bray. Yeah. Uh, where he is in school. Absolutely. Uh, you kind of have to say fair play to the school as well. Yeah. For participating and for understanding what exactly what's happening here. 100%. So effectively, Luca challenged his teachers to spend the day in the chair. Yeah. You know, um, and I think it's deadly. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, and I know we have... We have looked before at the Day My Wheels campaign and stuff like that um, yeah. that Sean O'Kelly is involved in and that's that's a kind of a bigger a bigger wider scheme but I think this is fantastic in the school. Yeah. Um, no absolutely and it's it filtered down uh, to pupils now as well which is great. Yeah. Um, so big shout out there to uh, Pat Gregory the uh, principal of the school um, who got behind it. Um, and then the teachers who actually uh, participated in Ger Fleming and Yvonne Rossiter. Yeah. Uh, nice picture of them there in the article as well in uh, Wheelchairs. Um, and I thought I thought it was interesting, given the article that we've just discussed, that they were saying that, I suppose, the, the respite for them was knowing that they could get back to their quote unquote normal routine afterwards yeah. um, so quite a few of them were saying that they were quite tired you know spending a full day pushing yourself around yeah Um. so yeah that, that kind of struck me as well and you know having to coordinate bathroom breaks and stuff yeah this is all something that we as the disabled community have to contend with Hmm. A simple example of today, you know, we have classes and stuff like that and, you know, you take a break, you get kind of 15 minutes for a break and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, fine for me, I can run into a Jackson, have a whiz and still get a cup of coffee. Yeah. You know, the challenge is slightly bigger for you. You either get the whiz or get the cup of coffee. Yeah. You know, it's rare you're going to get both. Absolutely. You know, 100%. and then you're kind of wandering back into a class that's kind of started without you. Yeah. You know, because there's a natural rhythm to everything. You know, they're obviously going to choose to be late anyway, but just because they're lazy individuals. But there is that whole sort of thing that you really don't kind of take into consideration. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to, I'd, I'd imagine as well, you know, because if somebody says, well, we'll take a 20 minute break or we'll take a 25 minute break, suddenly that's going to become 40 minutes. Yeah. And you get nothing done. Uh, you know, because we, yeah, there's always going to be people who will take their time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but even this, like, uh, I can't remember which, which one of them was saying, you know, I, I was unaware of just how narrow doorways are despite reaching the regulated width. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I've seen you take chunks out of doors here. Yeah, because it's times. Yeah, but that's... You should, don't you should see the doors I have at home. It's <laughs> like... <laughs> scarred. Yeah, but th- those are doors that are... Um, that they've been designed to meet the, the regulations and the requirements. Yeah. So it's a kind of, you know, wheelchairs are big old things. Um, you know, especially when you said the more motorised ones and stuff like that. But come back to Luca anyway, because this is about Luca. It is, yeah. Yeah, rather than just about, well, it's about wheelchairs and access and stuff like that. But I mean, fair play to Luca for um, putting out the challenge. Absolutely. And, and highlighting just how um, difficult it is. And like you said earlier on, when he... When he spoke on, I mean, I I had a huge amount of respect for him, anyway, um, just the way he he carries himself, um, but then listening to him, listening to him, um, 
talk to us. He's got a big future ahead of him. Mm. And it's just great to see that he's he's so positive and he's making a difference. And may seem small, but it, it's it's huge in the grand scheme of things because you're getting people early. Yeah. Do you know, like he's getting people, he's in transition year at the minute. This was a transition year project mm. um, in secondary school. So you're getting them early that they understand it. I'm getting exposed to it. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the earlier you get them, the more understanding hopefully they will be going into the future. Yeah. I just love some of the things that the, the teachers kind of discovered in this as well, um, just before we move on. Uh, you know, without the help of other staff members, I would have found um, several tasks difficult, right? So one of them was uh, using the microwave became difficult, if not dangerous. Yeah. Um, going to the toilet obviously is an issue. Uh, one kind of pointed out the fact that if if the if the disabled toilet is busy, it's not like you can go somewhere else. Yeah. You know, and if it's an emergency, um, you know, you might have a problem then. Uh, I love this one. Constantly having to look up uh, and being talked down to was very odd. I took a little um, of authority teachers naturally have away from me. Uh, it certainly opened my eyes about the forward planning necessary. Yeah, that's... That one struck me as well, actually, because that's something that I do notice quite a bit is that people kneel down to you. And you're kind of going, you don't need to. Yeah, I suppose they're almost when to do that as well. They're almost getting into your personal space. Yeah. To some degree. I mean, if you're going to kneel down, you're going to get closer. Yeah. Um, and like, I suppose for me, it's just gotten to a point where I'm like, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Do you know? Mm. But when you think about it, like, it is quite patronising. Yep. It's like, oh, look at you, aren't you great? I'm going to get down to your level and I'm going to be like you. Yeah. Next is coming to pat in the head, Dan. Yeah. You know, little fluff of the hair. Ooh. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, you know what's coming. Um, yeah. So, a big shout out to Luca. Uh, thanks Luca, very much for doing it. you're an legend. Yeah. Thank you very much. And well done. Um, I like this next one, Dan. Uh, Paddy McGuinness. Uh, that's Paddy McGuinness now, the... Uh, TV presenter, yeah, he, actor, uh, comedian. Paddy McGuinness is now doing Top Gear. With, well, he uh, is too, actually. Sorry, yeah. yeah, with, yeah. with Freddie Flintoff and um, uh, Chris Harris. Yeah, the other fella. And he has also done Take Me Out. Yep. Uh, no lackey, no lackey. Yeah. That's my absolutely horrific yeah. English accent. I apologise. That's fine. So... Um, Paddy McGuinness slams ignorant man for having a go at him for using disabled parking space. Yeah. Okay, so very quickly in this one, right? And I'm very quickly on it, but just to give you the story. Paddy McGuinness has hit out uh, at a fellow motorist who attempted to have a go at him for using a disabled parking space uh, when he was out with his kids. The Take Me Out host uh, has uh, six-year-old twins, Leo and Penelope, who have autism and a three-year-old daughter, Felicity, who uh, he and his wife also think is on the autism spectrum. Paddy took to Twitter after this. Um, he obviously parked it. No, we have to clarify as well that he does have the blue the, badge. Yeah, the necessary. He has the necessary yeah. credentials for parking in the space. Yeah. So he parked in the disabled space. He had all the relevant disabled parking on display, only for some begins with B and ends in Astard. <laughs> right? Uh, come over and tell us what, uh, like, because he said he didn't look disabled. Yeah. Lovely. Uh, I think he bit his tongue. Yeah. He he does say that 
you know, he he wanted to bounce them off a number of a number of the cars in the parking lot, which I would be me as well in my yeah. head. But he had to go up to him and listen. Just th- he said, thankfully his kids didn't really understand what was going on. But he had to go up to him and reason with him and be like, "No, I'm here out of as you said earlier on, legitimately, legitimately, yeah, yeah. I have the credentials and all that kind of thing." So he he said, "Unless you get a blue badge for being an ignorant." Um, Begins with P and ends in Rick. <laughs> that guy was completely qualified. He, he said, was yeah. completely qualified. Yeah. Um, I mean, this isn't something you need. Like, in a situation like that, in terms of, like, my attitude is, if they have the credentials, leave them alone. Well, that's it. At the end of the day, then, that's... Doesn't matter what. And he, Paddy actually said that, in that, like, I'm not, he, this person, um, was part of the disabled spot themselves. uh, And didn't have a wheelchair, didn't have anything. Um, but he wasn't going to ask him what his problem was. What his, what his issue was, yeah. yeah. So, like... Or what qualified him for the blue badge. You know, so why should he ask, be asking Paddy or be throwing shade on Paddy for that matter? Yeah, just because he's... I get the impression that he was thinking just because, like, Oh, you're a big TV personality. I don't even think it's that, Dan. I'd say probably because he, cause he just stepped out of the car and he didn't step out of the car with a, with a wheelchair attached to him or crutches. I think it all comes down to, again to the invisible disabilities. Yeah. The things that we can't see. I mean, if you qualify for a blue badge for your car, you get a blue badge for your car. Full stop. Yeah. There's End no of story. Ar- is that? no argument. Yeah, that's, yeah. you know, it's done. But fair play to him for... Um, for highlighting the fact and, and putting it out there because he got a good response in or off Twitter um, from a lot of uh, a lot of people but I would say yeah definitely have a crack of people who park in disabled parks with, without their blue badge yeah uh, I I suppose have a crack is the right word yeah but I have it in the right in the right way yeah no absolutely in terms of like you need to be because they're already coming at you being like why are you doing this? You shouldn't be doing this, blah, blah, blah. So, you, as Paddy displayed there expertly, you need to be... But well, I'm, ta- I'm, I'm talking about people who park in, in, in disabled parking who don't have a blue badge on. You know the guy right. who's running into the shop to get his carton yeah. of milk and, and 20 fags or whatever and stuff like that? Yeah, I'm only just, here for five minutes. Oh, it's no big deal. Church is grand. Yeah. You know, there's no else to park that's closer to the door. Sure, it's empty, there's nobody in it. Those kind of people are the ones who people should be having a go at. The guy who just rolls in and just hops out of the car and goes, should be grand, you know what I mean? I'm going to get a coffee and be back out again in five minutes while you're still cruising around the car park trying to find a parking space. And it kind of all comes back to understanding. Like, Is that like... People think they know. They think they know what it's like. But unless... Hmm. You know, unless we're we're sharing stories like this, or unless we're we're talking about it, that's how you help people understand. Yeah, and how you kind of move away from, oh, I know about this, to, oh, well, yeah, I have a little, little bit more understanding. We're never right. going to know, but you yeah. know, we'll have a little bit more understanding, or a little bit more cop on, or a little bit more awareness. Yeah, but like Absolutely. that, go back to our first story. 
I don't need to be blind to know what it's like to be blind. You know, I can appreciate it, but I don't necessarily want to be blinded just to go, oh, yeah, that's it. Well, it's quite tough. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, Paddy McGuinness. Last one, Dan, I suppose, was your um, trip out this week to uh, the conference where yes. you were talking about willies. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what you're talking about, really. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Would you like to give it the official term? Positive sexual health conference. Willies. Uh, <laughs> uh, with um, Youth Work Ireland in the mansion out. So, big thank you to Youth Work Ireland for having me. Yeah, no, it was brilliant. Yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Um, myself personally, I was talking about, and we've briefly mentioned it before I was talking about the rights of people with disabilities yeah you can talk about it now since you didn't want to let all the stuff out of the bag before yeah. the conference so tell us um, so I was I was there talking about willies <laughs> talking about the rights of people with disabilities to a sexual education yeah and I think and, and, and the fact that it should be just more than just a pop-up book being handed to somebody with a disability it should be getting exactly the same as everybody else yeah and treated exactly the same as everybody else um, because I mentioned this last week in saying that when I was in school I got everything I needed to get in terms of the biology the consent the contraception things like that but I was in a position where I needed to ask questions but I didn't know what those questions were mm. because you're in what third year at the time, which is like a young teenager and you're kind of going, what oh your God, you've only recently discovered yeah. bits and pieces. You know, so, and I think a lot of the time, the most frequent um, question that I hear about when people with disabilities are talking about sex is, can you? As in, can you have sex? And I'm there going, yeah. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah. Like, just yes. Um, and for me, there shouldn't even be a question around that. Like, I think people sometimes don't see people with disabilities as sexual beings, whereas we actually have that right ourselves mm. to choose. Yeah. And another thing about it as well is that sex doesn't necessarily have to be physical. I mean, for me, because I'm in a position where I'm able to, it can be. But for somebody who is in a more more severe situation than myself, that doesn't mean they don't have that right either. Yeah. You know, um, they still have the right to a sexual education sexual experiences just absolutely I mean it seems like you need to be prepared Dan yeah absolutely you know, it can't come as a bloody surprise yeah at least it shouldn't come as a surprise 100% you know. so um, on the day itself then uh, lots of people talking yeah so we had uh, Riyad Kalaf was one of the keynote speakers he is a YouTuber um, a gay YouTuber who was there talking about his own experiences, um, do you know, around as well, I suppose, being gay and sex ed, because a lot of the sex ed is to do with straight people. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's a fair so, point, actually. I've never thought of that either. You know, actually, it, yeah. it's almost this kind of automatic thing. Yeah. Um, and then I was on a panel with um, a guy called Robbie Lawler, who um, was talking about his experiences of HIV. So it, it was really engaging and informative, and I, I'm just incredibly grateful to to Youth Work Ireland that I was given that opportunity. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can keep the conversation going. Excellent. Um, I think it's a fair place to uh, wrap it up then. Uh, this has been uh, episode 38. I have been Darren McNichols. And I'm Dan Airy, and we'll talk to you very soon.